Welcome back to Defender of the Realm, gamers. This is Jay, and uh, I'm going to be talking about an ARPG that I'm actually very surprised that until now I haven't even spoken about this game because I think that next to Skyrim, and no, I'm going to say next to Skyrim, this is probably one of my favorite RPGs of all time. Uh, barely, barely beats out uh, the Dragon Age series. Um, yeah, it kind of comes somewhere in between there, between Skyrim and Dragon Age. And I'm talking about Dragon's Dogma. Now, I'm going to be talking about, actually, Dragon's Dogma, the Darker Risen version, which came out in 2017. Now, this game originally came out um, for the uh, for the 360 and the PS3, I believe, back in 2013. That's when I first played it. Uh, back in 2017, back in 2017, like it's so long ago... Back in 2017, they re-released it, uh, the Dark Arisen Edition, uh, which basically pretty much included all the DLC. Uh, it kind of enhanced the graphics. It made the enemies a little bit harder. Uh, so that's the one I'm really going to talk about because, you know, it really has all the content in it. I mean, now, when I first played Dragon's Dogma way back when on my 360, um, you know, we got the Dark Arisen DLC and, and, and all that, so it's pretty much the same game, except, like I said, some things are enhanced, the graphics are a little bit better, the enemies are a little bit tougher, but like I said, this game comes from Capcom. Um, Capcom actually does make some pretty good ARPGs. Uh, I talked way back when about Monster Hunter World, uh, which is the only Monster Hunter game I've ever played. Uh, and I really liked it, and I think I even said it back then, because I compared it a lot to Dragon's Dogma. And if you play the two, you'll see some similarities. I mean, you'll see some big differences, but you'll definitely see a lot of similarities. Um, this is just a great game. One of the things is, is a lot of people kind of knock the story. They, they say it's a pretty simplistic story. I kind of like the fact that it is a very simple story, because a lot of times... I think there's some beauty and simplicity. So basically what it is, it just seems like every every age or so, a dragon comes. And the dragon pretty much signals the end of the world. Now, they don't really explain how this happens, but the you know somebody who encounters the dragon when it first appears, I don't know if the dragon deems it worthy, you know, what it is... But the dragon removes their heart um, and consumes it, and that person will remain alive. They're known as the Arisen, and it's basically their destiny to track the dragon down, face it, and prevent the end of the world. Um, again, they don't really explain how that system works, but you know what? That's, that's absolutely fine with me, and that's really what this game is. Um, it takes place in the land of Granzies, and when the story begins... You know, and let me just back up a little bit. So, you know, if you listen to this show at all, you know that when I talk about RPGs, one of the things I love to talk about is customization. You could really customize your character here. Um, your character could be tall and muscle-bound, uh, short and fat. Uh, you could have... You could have uh, your character almost appear like uh, like a dwarf or or an elf, you know, in, in height. Um, you could have a very tall Amazonian-looking female. You could have a very tall, you know, fully ripped female bodybuilder-looking. I mean, you could really, really customize your character here. Um, <coughs> excuse me. You could you could make your character kind of look like kind of like a fat, frumpy person, 
male or female. It, it's really, really great. You could really, really customize your character, which, of course, is something that I really, really enjoy. So just wanted to get that out of the way. So basically, you make your character, and hey, you know, it's a beautiful day in Granzies, and you're, you're out there, and... Um, you know, you see a friend of yours, it's it's a nice sunny day, uh, you know, they're kind of saying that the Duke, who lives up uh, in the capital of Grand Soren, the Duke is basically saying, look, the dragon's been seen, so we're getting together an army here, uh, anybody, and all of a sudden, the dragon does come, uh, you know, we see it coming across the water, because your, your village uh, of Casardis is a fishing village, um, you see, you see it coming towards you, and, you know, the thing is, is most people run, a few men and women go out to fight, and again, you know, your character, male or female, doesn't really matter, uh, you pick up a sword and you go out there, and you begin to fight the dragon, so it kind of introduces you a little bit to the mechanics, and yeah, it is a bit of a hack and a slash game, uh, there are some custom moves, you know, depending on your vocation, and as you level up, I'll explain that in a little bit, but basically it kind of introduces you to, to the combat system very, very basically, and, um, yeah, you kind of attack the dragon, you get a few shots in, and then there's a cutscene where you basically, the dragon is about to stomp you, and you basically stick your sword in its foot. This gets the interest of the dragon. Again, it doesn't really say, but the dragon takes your heart. Now, this is a massive dragon. Um, when you're facing it, and you're running around it, you're barely taller than its great toe. I mean, you are a speck next to this thing. So basically what it does is it plunges its claw into your chest and somehow removes your heart and consumes it. You wake up, you're absolutely fine, you have a massive scar on your chest, and people are very confused. You know, they saw the dragon attack you, most of the people saw them, saw the dragon pretty much consume your heart. Uh, the elder of the village kind of says, you know, he thinks he kind of knows what's going on, but uh, you, you, you kind of get an idea that it's time for you to go on a quest or something like that. Now, what's great about this game is, you know, it's not a class, they call them vocations. Um, so when you start the game off, you choose from three basic vocations, either a fighter, a strider, or a mage. Fighter, pretty self-explanatory, sword and shield. A mage is a magic user, but the mage is really more for healing spells and enchanting spells, enchanting weapons with uh, the elements of either fire, ice, uh, holy magic, dark magic. I think those are the only ones really out there. Um, a strider is now there is a class later on called the ranger but but that's kind of the best way to think about it a strider is like a ranger uh you fight with uh, a bow and arrow and uh dual wielding daggers this is one of my favorite classes um <laughs> the strider which which when you complete some early quests and you're able to gain gain entry into grand soren which is the capital of Granzies, uh, you're able to go to an inn and then you're able to choose from more advanced vocations or what are also known as hybrid vocations. So there's nine vocations in all. Like I said, the basics are fighter, strider, and mage. The advanced versions of those are the warrior, the ranger, and the sorcerer. Uh, so the fighter, like I said, sword and shield. Uh, the warrior, two-handed weapons. Strider is, again, bow-wielding and, and dual daggers and some pretty cool offensive weapons or offensive uh, fighting skills. The ranger cranks it up a notch. You have a longbow, so you could do damage. 
I mean, it does ridiculous damage to the longbow. Uh, also, dual wielding. Uh, you also get to do a double flip, which is just the coolest thing. It's 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 great when you're when you're fighting. Uh, the advanced version of the mage is the sorcerer. Now the sorcerer uh, really kind of focuses more on offensive spells. Uh, they don't really do. In fact, they don't do any kind of healing spells. I think they still can do weapon enchantments. I'm not really sure, but they're the ones that they they summon. You know, great walls of flame. Giant spires of ice, meteor showers, earthquakes, things like that. Like when, you know, and that's the thing is, if you start off as a mage uh, and then progress to a sorcerer, in the beginning you're going to be pretty weak. Uh, so you really got to <laughs> run around the battlefield and you really have to avoid conflict. But once, you know, pretty much just like in D&D, once you start leveling up, oh my god. the I think the sorcerer more so. Uh, the sorcerer is very, very powerful. Now there's hybrid like I said, there's sort of hybrid vocations, and those three are the Assassin, the Mystic Knight, and the Magic Archer. So they kind of combine a couple of different classes. Like the Assassin kind of combines the Strider and the Fighter. Uh, Mystic Knight com- combines like the Mage and the Fighter, and the Magic Archer combines the Mage and the Strider. Um, and again, you know, each one of these classes has unique sets of weapons to them, um, different kind of attacks different kind of perks that you can earn for them. Uh, when I play through this game, I try to play a lot of the different ones. Uh, I'm not really keen on some of the hybrid ones, except for the Magic Archer. I actually do like playing as the Magic Archer. Mystic Knight, it's it's okay. Uh, you get a much larger shield than the fighter, uh, and you get to use things like hammers and clubs and maces. Uh, fighter's a pretty good one. Uh, Strider's a pretty good one. Ranger's awesome. Warrior, I'm not that keen on it. I mean, they're very powerful, but controlling those two-handed attacks is pretty, pretty tough. If you can get it down, it's a very, very powerful character to use. Sorcerer, like I said, you're going to start off pretty weak, but once you level that sorcerer up, absolutely amazing. Now, when you're going out and adventuring, you're forming a party. A party uh, of four, including yourself. The other three are what is known as pawns. Now, there's sort of uh, another world out there called the Rift. It's kind of, it's separate from our world. And these pawns come from the Rift. And they look like us. They talk like us. But the thing is, is they, they kind of wander aimlessly about. I mean, this is, this is kind of the MO on them. This is what people say. But they only really respond to the Arisen. Um, once they fight for you, you know, they'll listen to you. They'll follow your commands. You, you can give them basic commands. Um, but they will fight for you. Excuse me. And um, when they do, when they fight for you, you know, they're, they're excellent. Like, if armies try to recruit pawns, they'll fight, but they're kind of clumsy and awkward. But when they fight for the Arisen, it's absolutely amazing. Uh, and the same thing. They're, they're pretty much the same. Uh, they could be the same kind of vocations, except they, I don't think they could be the hybrid vocations. I'm no, actually they can't be, uh, either the basic or the advanced vocations, uh, no hybrid vocations for the pawns. Now here's the thing. So your party consists of yourself and three pawns, but one of those pawns is one that you create yourself. So it's sort of like your own personal pawn. Um, the Arisen is pretty much, that's kind of the lore of the Arisen, is that they're assigned or given their own pawn. So the creation menu comes back up, and just like you created your character, you can create a pawn, 
and you can give them any of the basic vocations that you want in the beginning and of course as you change vocations you can change your main pawns vocation as well um, the other two pawns you enter what's known as the rift and uh, pretty much pretty much the 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 pawns that people create so the pawn that i create goes out there people can hire them so the thing is is my personal pawn as i level up he or she will also level up but any pawns i hire whatever level they're at if i hire two pawns they're both at level 25 they're going to stay at level 25 so it's always a good idea to hire pawns you know that are at least five levels above you because then you know if, if they're the same level as you you're gonna kind of advance past them pretty quickly and hiring um or getting pawns you know it costs rift crystals which are kind of like a currency to to purchase pawns you don't want to waste your money or your rift crystals i should say but uh I mean, it's a pretty interesting system. Uh, it's great, you know, you can hire them, and then once, you know, they kind of outlive their usefulness, in other words, you know, uh, you've advanced well past them, so now you need to hire some some pawns that are even of a higher level. You pretty much send them back to the person that created them. You can send them off with gifts. You can send a message like, hey, your pawn looks cool. Uh, he or she fought really well, whatever it is. So basically, that's the story. The story is... The dragon is out there. It's the signaling of the end of the world. You're going to go and face it. Uh, you go and you talk to the duke. And it turns out that the duke, the duke uh, who heads up uh, Grand Soren, who rules Granzies, he's an Arisen. But he's an Arisen, like, he claims. Now, he claims that he faced the dragon and defeated it. If that's the case, he should have gotten his heart back. But he appears to be very young. Um... So something's going on there. Uh, you know, there's a cult that wants to bring about the end of the world, so they oppose you. You know, you go up against them. You go on a lot of these different quests, and basically you just level up. You face uh, creatures as you wander the countryside. Um, both, you know, kind of simple, not really simple creatures, but, you know, you get random encounters with monsters. You also kind of get boss fights. Uh, there's smaller dragons that you can encounter. There's a griffin that you can encounter. Um, there's a beast that kind of looks like, it actually kind of looks like a giant chicken, but it's called the cockatrice, and you actually have to be careful because it has an attack that can turn you to stone. So might look like a giant chicken, but, you know, it's pretty serious. There's golems that you have to face, which are very difficult to beat. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I mean, there's, like, trolls, giant trolls and things like that. There's a hydra that you face. Now, when you face these giant creatures, a really unique mechanic that I really enjoy uh, is that you can actually grab onto them and you can climb up them. So, uh, and rangers and striders and I think assassins too do this very, very well. You can grab on them and you can start to climb up them. You could actually climb up to the head. Uh, I've done that where, you know, with some trolls, I've climbed up their back and pretty much sat on their shoulders and just slashed into the back of their head. Um, they're devastating attacks. It's hard for the creatures to get at you, especially if you can position yourself to where they can't reach you. But that's the thing is you stay up there too long, you know, it does cost you some endurance. And that's the thing is they can start to flail around. They can't actually get a hold of you and slam you down. And that, that can be pretty devastating. But that's something that I've never really seen in other games of grabbing onto you and climbing up some of these more giant creatures. Um, 
like I said, you you the story is pretty basic. Uh, there's a lot of side quests. There's some politics and things involved. You discover this thing called the Everfall, which is sort of like another dimension or something like that. That kind of comes into play in the second part of the game. So really what it is, you know, you just level your characters up, you become stronger, powerful, get uh, powerful weapons, and then you face the dragon. Um, and that's the thing is, is once you defeat the dragon technically you're no longer the arisen you know your your heart does come back to you um and when that happens uh when you're kind of you know at the end of the day you defeat the dragon what you notice is there's a change uh the everfall that sort of other dimension which is under the capital of grand soren it basically opens up it swallows half of the city uh it kind of releases like a dark magic you notice that now you know, the countryside, it's a lot gloomier. Even if it's during the day, it's kind of gloomy out. It gets very dark at night. The monsters that roam the world are much more powerful now. You get encounters with bosses, boss animals, a lot more frequently. Um, and basically, you know, the second part of the game is entering into the Everfall and going through the levels. And basically, at the end of it, you face a being known as the Sensual. Um, and really what it is, the essential from what we gather, it kind of controls reality and you have to defeat it. So what you, what you learn is, is that the essential in a, in a way is kind of the one that releases this dragon that's supposed to bring about the end of the world. So when you face the essential, if you, if you actually, if you die, you become the next dragon. So that's where the dragons come from. But if you do defeat it, you sort of take his place, but you're then given a choice of either living out as the essential and defeating the Arisen as it comes and sort of bringing about this whole cycle of the dragon coming back, or what you could do is you could actually take your own life and sort of break the cycle. Now, the DLC, Dark Arisen added in a new dungeon let's just say uh, a place called bitterback island which is located off the coast um where supposedly there is an arisen that went there on a quest or went there adventuring and decided you know what i like it here i'm going to stay here i'm going to get all these dark artifacts and i'm pretty much going to spend the rest of my life here and that's the thing is is you have to kind of hunt this dark arisen down and destroy him now here's the thing when I got done and I defeated the dragon, um, by defeating the dragon, uh, I, all my weapons and armor and clothing became what's known as dragon forged, almost as if like it was scorched by the flames of the dragon, but it enhanced them. Uh, my armor and clothing became a lot more stronger. My weapons became more powerful. I think I was at, I had a ranger. I was at about, I maxed out the ranger's level and my character's level was, I think in the high 60s, close to 70. So I didn't do the Everfall quest. I was like, well, let me go explore Bitterback Island. As soon as I enter the dungeon, I start going down. I'm kind of getting this warning message coming up going, are you sure you want to do this? You know, you really need to be a high level to do this. And I'm thinking I'm like level 70 here. I maxed out all my skills as a ranger. I have some of the best weapons and armor. I didn't make it very far. It's a very, very tough challenge. I went back. I did the Everfall. Uh, I got closer to level 100. I went back to Bitterback Island, and I still got my butt handed to me. Um, it's it's really, really hard to do. Uh, I never completed that quest, and uh, who knows? Maybe one day I'll go back and do it. But like I said, Dragon's Dogma, I found it to be a very fun game. 
Um, you know, it's an ARPG, so it has that hack and slash element to it, kind of like Skyrim does. Um, it does have that character development. I like the fact that you could switch between vocations. You could try different vocations out. And really, as you're kind of doing your first run or that part one of going after the dragon, you really can play as and kind of max out just about every vocation out there. Um, you know, as long as you play with them long enough, you grind a little bit. Um, but if you take pretty much most of the side quests out there, you should pretty much max out just about every vocation out there. Some of them I didn't just because I wasn't that interested in them, like the Assassin and, and the Warrior and um, the Mystic Knight. I really wasn't that interested in them. Um, but others I did, you know, like the basic vocations, the Ranger, of course, um, the Sorcerer, and I think uh, the Magic Archer, just because those were some really, really cool vocations. Uh, I mean, this is a great game. The graphics are incredible. You know, the fighting system, it's a lot of fun. Um, and it's nice to kind of go adventuring with a party, and you're kind of in control of the party. You could, you could, you know, you could tell them to attack. You could tell them to retreat. You could, um, you could actually kind of set sort of the personality of your main pawn you could sit down with that pawn and basically you know the pawn will ask you questions like oh if there's trouble uh do you want me attacking do you want me back doing defending do you want me to protect you do you want me just to go crazy like you can basically kind of set how your pawn will react in certain situations so i think that's pretty neat too it's a really fun game. It's still out there. It's actually, compared to a lot of other games out there, it's very, very affordable. And, like I said, I think it's all in good fun. And I was really, really glad that Capcom re-released it for the for the current generation uh, console games. There was another game out there that I, would, I wish, and it's not by Capcom, it's by another company, which actually I think went belly up, which is why I will never see it rebooted. Uh, Kingdom of Am Amular. That's one I really wish would come out for the next gen or the current gen consoles. But, hey, what can you do? Guys, thanks for listening. Um, again, you can catch me just about anywhere. Look for me on Instagram, Defender of the Realm 97. Leave me messages. If you have character builds for Skyrim that you want me to do, send me a message. Leave me a message here on Anchor. I'll be more than happy to tackle them. If you would like to co-host with me, if there's uh, an RPG that you play that I haven't discussed yet, shoot me a message on Instagram, Defender of the Realm 97. Uh, if it's something that I played and I really like and I'm interested in, I'll contact you and, you know, maybe we could do an episode about it. Um, again, look for me on Anchor, iTunes, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Spotify, Breaker, really anywhere you can find a podcast, you'll find Defender of the Realm. I also want to give a shout out to the friend of the show, Geeks Unite Cafe. Uh, that's Ellen. You could find her on Instagram at Geeks Unite Cafe. Um, she's in the Pittsburgh, PA area. She is a RPG board game, tabletop game enthusiast. She sets up events. Uh, if you're a novice or an expert, it doesn't matter. Uh, just look at her Instagram page there. She'll put up events that she's doing. And if you're in the area, definitely go check them out and say hi to Ellen. This is Jay, and good gaming to you.